0: Hi, and welcome to Bethlehem's YouTube and podcast version of our Sunday morning sermon. I'm the pastor here at Bethlehem Church, Paul Steele. And as you probably know, if you've been following us, that we've been going through the story. Now, the story is an abridged version of the Bible. And we're using the story to do two things. First, we want to understand the entire scope uh, and theme of the Bible. What is the Bible all about? Because we believe the more we understand who God is and what God is doing, his purpose, his character, his ways, the better we understand our place in this world, our place in God's story. The second thing that we want the story to help us do is to uh, to develop in our lives that consistent and regular uh, reading of Scripture. We believe that the Bible is God's gift to his people. And since, since it's a gift to us, we need to be good stewards of it. And that requires us to read it, to study it, to talk about it, and to apply it to our lives. And that's what we want to do. And as we get started today, I want to just talk a little bit about cheating I don't know about you but I've cheated a time or two in my life and school I look for different ways to cheat on tests and on homework I would write the answers and stick it in in a pen and then pull that little piece of paper out during the test sometimes I would write the the answers on on the desk there were a couple times that I uh, left a piece of paper with answers on it underneath my desk just so I could see it. In college, even though I was in Bible college, the cheating didn't stop there. Uh, when we were assigned readings and uh, and to make sure we were reading them and check them off and put the date next to them, I would consciously use different colored pens as I frantically fill that in right before it would be handed in, not having done any of the reading. Now, when we talk about cheating, cheating is a break of trust because the teacher is trusting you as the student to have put in the work, to do uh, to do what was necessary to, to learn the material. There's that break of trust there that the teacher doesn't have to watch over you every second to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. Now, as we come to this chapter 6 in the story that deals with Israel's wilderness wandering, we see that they too break their trust with God. That God is empowering them to be his people. But they don't do it. And as we look there, and and basically chapter six of the story covers the whole book of Numbers. As we look there, we see that that Israel broke their trust with God in three basic ways. First, they they broke their their uh, trust with God through not trusting. God's provision. They didn't trust God's provision. So as they get ready to as they leave Sinai and and approach the promised land, there are people among them and and mostly outsiders, people who aren't descendants of Abraham, who start to stir things up and talk about how great they had it in in uh, Egypt. How they had enough food and and then so Israel started to complain and say, hey, we wish we had meat. And so God brings them meat in the form of quail. After their time in the wilderness, after God had provided them with manna and with quail and and made sure that their clothing and stuff doesn't wear out they, you know they've experienced God's provision in all these different ways they come to a time when they lack some water and they complain again to God and and Moses God has Moses go to strike a rock and and he gets angry and he just hits the rock And water comes gushing out. And this sin also shows, demonstrates Moses' lack of trust in God because he doesn't do what God asks him to do. So they didn't trust God's provision, they didn't trust God's leader twice. We see that there's this conspiracy and and a rebellion against Moses' leadership. The first incident was Moses' own siblings, Aaron and Miriam. They come and and say, hey, why are you the one that gets to be the spokesman? Why are you the one that does this? There's that jealousy that rises up. And God deals with with them. And and Miriam has leprosy and, and Moses pleads on their behalf, and God cleanses Miriam of of her leprosy. And then later on, there's these Levites, led by Korah, who rise up against Moses. And again, it's basically the same sort of thing. We're all God's chosen people. Why are you the one that gets to lead? Why are you the one that gets to say what happens? And God deals again with their rebellion. So they didn't trust God's provision. They didn't trust God's leader. And they didn't trust God's plan. They get to the promised land and they send 12 spies in to check out the land. And they come back with this good report and that this is a great land. There's these the, there's plenty of, of resources. The, 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 the crops there are great. You now there's these huge grapes. Ah, but here's the problem. Giants rule the land. These descendants of the Nephilim are there. We can't do this, they say. There's two guys, Joshua and Caleb, who said, yeah, God is on our side. We can do this. But the other ten get Israel and say, no, we can't. And and Israel follows the, the advice of these ten. And they don't trust God, that God will provide for them, that God would lead them, that God would take care of this. They don't trust God's plan. And again, we see this later on and after their time in in the desert and wandering and and Moab comes against Israel, not necessarily in, in the form of warfare, but in seduction. And Israel is seduced by Moab's women and Moab's gods. They don't trust God and his plan for them. The key to a covenant is faithfulness. If we are going to be in a covenant relationship with God, if Israel is going to maintain their covenant relationship with God, what they need is trust. See, that's what righteousness really is all about. At the foundation of true righteousness is covenant faithfulness, this trusting in God and doing what he has asked and being true to the covenant. That is what we're called to do. So how does that come back to us? How does that apply to us today and to our life? Well, I was as I was thinking through this sermon and like, how, how do I present all of this? I was reading this week during my regular Bible reading uh, through the Book of Hebrews, and I com- and I read Hebrews chapter three, which basically is a some summarization of th- of this wandering time of Israel. And at the beginning of chapter three, the author of Hebrews, this pastor, comes, and and he. He writes about Moses, and and he's he's comparing him to Jesus. Now, remember, the first two chapters of, of Hebrews, he is outlining why Jesus is supreme over everything else. And so he's saying, he's saying, Moses was faithful. He was faithful. He was righteous. He trusted the covenant. But as we saw, he too broke trust, right? He he didn't do what God wanted him to do when it came to striking the rock. And so Jesus is even better than Moses because he is trusting God. He is faithful to the covenant. And then starting in in verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 3, the the this preacher who wrote hebrews talks about the unfaithfulness of israel and this is what he says that is why the holy spirit says today when you hear his voice don't harden your hearts as israel did when they rebelled when they tested me in the wilderness There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said, Their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took my oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if you if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember when it says, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God? Even though they heard his voice, wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So you, we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. The writer of Hebrews is encouraging the people under his care not to lose faith, not to break their trust with God. See, in in their time in in the wilderness, God wanted to empower and equip Israel to really be his people, to learn to trust him. But instead, what happened is that Israel tested God They pushed the boundaries. They pushed the limits. They broke their trust with God. They didn't trust him. And so how can we remain faithful? How can we be true to this covenant that God has established with us through Jesus? Well, I think we remain faithful by first believing the promises, believing the promises. Verses 12 and through 14, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. So we need to believe the promises. And what does God promise to us? Well, God has promised that He is restoring creation, He is promising that He is making us new that he is renewing and restoring our connection to him so that we can truly live out our destiny, live out our design of demonstrating his character, of bearing his image in this world. That's what he is after. That's what he wants. That's his desire for our lives. So we need to believe that God is at work doing this. And we need to remind each other that this is what God is up to. This is what God is doing. Don't give up. Remember his promises. Don't get distracted by other things. Listen to God. And so it's very important as the writer of Hebrews here says, Hey, warn each other. As long as it's called the day, warn each other. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be a negative, right? That that part of it is that we just are constantly reminding one another how God is at work in this world, how God is changing and transforming our lives. This is why it's so important for us to be able to talk with one another about spiritual things, why things like small groups and prayer groups are vital to our discipleship and and following after Jesus. When we lack that, it's easy to lose focus. It's easy to lose heart. It's easy to stop believing in what God has called us to do and what God has promised to us. So we need to believe the promises. We need to know what those promises are, and then we need to keep on helping one another, reminding one another what those promises are, what God is doing, and how God is working in our lives. But we also remain faithful through obedience. Verses 15 through 19 it says, remember what it says. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people of Moses? It wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest. Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So you see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. The writer of Hebrews says, wasn't it the people who disobeyed him, who lived in their unbelief, who didn't trust God, who broke their trust with God? And so we are called to be people of obedience and as wonderful and good as it is to learn To study, to be part of of Bible studies, and and to read books about the Bible, to read the Bible itself. There comes a time when all that we've learned needs to be put into action. We need to apply that to our lives. We need to live it out. And I think one of the stumbling blocks that, that we face as we're trying to live out the Bible as we are trying to follow after Jesus, is that we have narrowed the scope of what it means to do ministry. Ministry for us is, is, is what happens at church. And maybe it's extended, extended to things like evangelism. But that's not all what ministry is. That's not what it means to, to, to obey God. Remember, Jesus said the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Think about how you can obey God in your everyday life by loving him and by loving those around him. You might not see that as, as obedience you might not see that as doing things for god and 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 doing what the work that god has called you to do but it is the very thing that god expects from us to love one another to figure out how can we do this that's how we show our obedience to god by doing By living the way he has asked. Yes, by not sinning, but also by doing good. How can we bring good into this world? The writer of Hebrews quotes here from the Psalms that says that God took this oath that the people of Israel would never enter into his rest. See that's what the promised land was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a place of rest for Israel that as they were there that they could be they could be empowered to be a light in this world. That they would be surrounded and protected. But instead because they didn't trust God their existence there in the promised land in Canaan was always one of 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 warfare and fighting and trying to keep peace, trying to keep those who would come and, and conquer and occupy them away. They never were able to experience the rest that God had for them. God has rest for us, and how do we experience God's rest? By trusting him by trusting him, and that rest one day will come when Jesus returns and makes everything right and new new creation comes. Yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. And as long as we remain faithful to Jesus, as long as we remain faithful and keep our trust with God and, and, and not break that covenant faithfulness, yeah, We're going to experience the rest that God has for his people. We come to this time of prayer response, and I want us just to take some time and prayer. And first, I want us to thank God for his promises. God has made wonderful promises to us that he would deal with our sins, that he would bring healing and transformation to our lives, that he would give us eternal life, that we could one day be with him, that we could see this restored Eden where we can walk with God. So let's thank God for all the promises he has given to us. Let's ask God to help us believe. There's a lot of things out there in our culture, in our world, that tell us not to believe God, not to trust him. And the reality is we can't muster up that will to believe, to trust. Faith is also a gift from God. So let's ask God to give us the strength, the power to believe. Let's ask God to help us encourage one another as a church family. Let's ask God to help us encourage one another as a church family, right? That's one of the the ways that we can stay faithful is by, by encouraging one another. As long as today is called the day, encourage one another. Remind them of God's promises. Remind them what God is doing. So let's ask God to help us to encourage each other. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your promises. Oftentimes we can overlook what you've promised to us or not fully understand it. And so we thank you for your promise of forgiveness we thank you for the promise of new life we thank you for the promise of new creation and this hope that we have to see a restored Eden that covers this entire world where we can walk and talk with you lord we ask that you would help us to believe There's a lot of things out there that threaten to steal our belief to turn us away from you. So help us not to get distracted. Help us not to feel overwhelmed. Help us not to fear what is coming to us. Lord, we love you. Guide us, direct us, empower us. Lord, we also ask that you would help us to encourage one another, to encourage us as a church family that we may uh, hold on to your promises, that we may keep trust with you and not break the covenant. Help us to be people of covenant faithfulness, trusting you and following after Jesus. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our big idea today is God's people experience God's blessings through faith. God's people experience God's blessings through faith. If we're going to experience all that God has for us, we need to be people of faith. We need to follow after Jesus. We need to continue to trust him that what he is doing, even though we may not always understand it, is for the best. Our challenge this week, is to read chapter seven of the story, read chapter seven of the story and find someone to encourage this week by reminding them of the promise of the gospel. Find someone to encourage this week by reminding them of what God has promised through Jesus. Remember the Bible is one unified story that points to Jesus as we read through the Bible, as we study the Bible, it should lead us to Jesus because it all hinges on Him. Because of who Jesus is, because what He has done for us, life is forever different. Hey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of Bethlehem. Even though you may not be able to physically be here, I am grateful for your participation within our community of faith. God bless.